2: This is Mayock in the booth
1: on the um,
2: Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl practice. Two buildings, and, and I think the the common denominator of dysfunctional buildings for me has been a lack of a relationship and an understanding and a compassion between coaches and scouts. What do you think of that? Having been in uh, functional and dysfunctional buildings, uh, we all have in different walks, but you did it in the NFL, um, and I, you know, I think part of this is this started with John in this era. It's been going on for a long time with the, with the Raiders. The reason I brought up the Browns article is the regimes keep changing and it stays the same. Uh, but the most recent one was in this building was Gruden and Reggie and we thought there were two different factions. So here's Mayock coming and going. I've been in a lot of buildings. The common denominator when this dysfunction is communication. I love him acknowledging dis- like I'm in, He's saying I'm in a building that has been dysfunctional. Right. That's kind of Shit. acknowledging it.
3: Well, it's pretty clear shotgun marriages in the NFL do not work. Pretty sure they don't work in regular life, right? Arranged marriages when owners force one guy to work with another guy. And when you look around the league, like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan happened organically. John Schneider, Pete Carroll happened. And I'm not saying that 49ers have been working, but my point is they've been harmonious at the top, which is important if you are ever going to win. Andy and Dorsey and then Veach, you know, it's the Packers forever that... It is not going to work if they're not on the same page. It's impossible. It's why the Raiders, even if they hadn't traded Khalil and Amari, they were destined to fail this year because Gruden was out to badmouth Reggie the whole time. It was stupid. It was a waste. It's just pointless. And, like, it's pretty clear. I mean, we already knew Mayock is really smart, but those two are guys are going to be like-minded humans. Now, they haven't had anything to argue about. Unified either, le- that means any-
2: unified leagues? brown style
3: think how stupid that is you know i mean it's just like no uncoordinated leaks Mm. like okay the the browns man i i i do think that this can work uh but again they haven't had a free agency or draft yet they haven't like when when do the problems really happen in the nfl right when games happen like it's one thing to argue during free agency or the draft But at the end of the day, you're not being judged because you're going to get credit no matter what. Like when John, or not John Dorsey, but when Ray Farmer, when they had the press conference with Gilbert and Johnny Manziel, what was that, five years ago or whatever, it was fun. Like it was exciting. You didn't get shit, but you got shit the next year when it realized like Johnny was a drunk and Gilbert couldn't play dead in a Western. So you don't really find out anything till the fall. But I think Mayock knows that like, He's been—he's old enough. He's been around the league long enough, and he's friends with enough guys. Like, th- it's clear what makes or breaks something. It's not—I e- wouldn't even say it's the owner guy. I- I'd say it's—it's it's just the harmony. Because you can win. I do think you could win with Jimmy Haslam, if everyone's on the same page. Now it's difficult. I'm not saying. But well, also, they it, don't. It
2: might—it might, it might could—it could be too big or feel just good enough to overcome a lot of stuff. Right? Sometimes a quarterback can band aid or one person can cover up for other people's inabilities. What kind of my that? takeaway
3: from that article, like if Baker is good enough, like Cleveland might be okay. That's my takeaway that, too. That's what it did feel like a couple years ago with the Raiders. Like the Raiders were kind of a mess, but Derek and Khalil were kicking so much ass it didn't matter, right? They made the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Look, but
3: they, it's not sustainable
2: there's because a, they, sorry, finish.
3: It was sustainable because Reggie and Jack weren't, they were a shotgun marriage, right? They, it's not like Reggie didn't hire Jack. Now they did operate together. Because I, I do think it always spoke to, like, Reggie will do what you want him to do.
2: And Jack you know? doesn't want to watch a bunch of college prospects.
3: No, it was kind of a win-win. Uh, I, I would say Reggie is a more of an outlier than most people in the NFL because he's not a leaker 100%. We know that, right? Yeah. He hasn't leaked really anything since even leaving, and I would have. Uh,
2: he's a collaborator. He's,
3: just, he's a collaborator and kind of he's a, trying to please. Like, he tried to work with Gruden. That's – like, I don't think you're going to get that, Mike.
2: There's, there's a theme here in this podcast now as I'm just looking at all the stuff we've talked about. Why is Antonio Brown a discussion? Because he's productive. Why is there pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo? Because he hasn't been. What is Derek and Stephen A. or Max about? Producing. What is May Like all the stuff Mayock is saying is great. It's what everybody says when they get hired. Doesn't mean that it's not real. We just don't know because there's such an easy blueprint for the things to say until you produce whether or not the stuff you were saying really had weight behind it or if you were just saying the stuff that everyone wants to hear, right? That was one of the interesting criticisms in the Browns article was one of the things that uh, internally people were wondering after Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam had like their fourth press conference to reset things, the people in the organization were like, do they even realize they're basically reading from the same script? They're telling us the same stuff they told us the last time and the last time and the last time. The reason everything sounds the same is because the basic tenets of success are pretty basic. Like, you hear Nick Saban talk. He's not breaking trade secrets. Like, it's pretty basic stuff. Did you see the clip of Saban talking at the uh, Football uh, Coaches Association convention? No. What he One of the things he said was that uh, you have a response. You know, it's the same stuff you've heard a lot of coaches say, right? You have a responsibility as a coach. How many of our players come from two-parent homes? Not many was the insinuation. How many of our players come from no-parent homes or one-parent homes, right? Plenty. He's like, I've got three guys in the back that played for me at Michigan State, and because they played for me, they're, they're just my guys, and they're always going to be my guy. They're always going to be my guys. I'm always going to be their guy. That's just the way it is. But um, the, the best way to get players to invest in you is to build relationships with them, to have communication with them. He's like, I know I can stand in the front of the room at an Alabama meeting room and, and give a talk to my guys. And I know some of the guys are going to hear some of it. Some of them are going to hear some other parts. Some of them are going to zone out. Like the way you build a relationship with teams is in small groups is one-on-one. And he goes, I didn't think our coaching staff did a good job this year of building relationships with our players. I was oh, my God, like kind of ripping some of his guys. But this is ultimately – I mean, it's a basic thing. Like everyone knows it, 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 when it you have a boss, is he in the building? Does he check on you? Does he care what you're up to? Does he care? Like that matters. And that's like, this is the task of Mayock here. We think of Mayock as like this film grinder. But what has Mayock been doing for the last 30 years? One thing you'd say about him, you ask anybody that knows him, they have a. a po- I've heard nothing but positive things about him. You know, way more. You've heard nothing but positive things about him. He is good at relationships. I don't know if Gruden is, but I'm starting to think this guy who we just kind of judge as like this film grinder just out there wants football. This might be one of the skills that's pretty valuable, listening to him talk and just you hear more about him.
3: You know what I bet Nick thinks? Is that when it was nut-cutting time in that game and we got a little adversity against us, before, like, our guys were like, fuck this, we're going to, we're binding together. This is a group effort. Now it's like, screw it, whatever. The coaches didn't really resonate with the players. And I think that's a big question mark for Gruden. Like, there's been some knocks. Like, you know, players kind of read through his BS. Like, are they going to believe in him? Like, I actually think that personnel, they might be able to figure it out. It's going to be the relation thing in the building that I do think Gruden is cognizant of that was always kind of a knock on him in Tampa, that he just didn't give a shit about anyone. Yeah. And I think it's a hard balance to strike. Do- uh, because if you win, like it's pretty clear Belichick's kind of using you, but he's going to use you and put you in a great position and help you make money and help your career, so you're kind of in on it. Players do not do it when you're losing, and that's why I think this year with the Raiders is a good example. Like the Niners and Raiders were both in shambles. But it felt like the Niners weren't really using players and it like valued what they were bringing to the table and Kyle clearly did a good job of relationships cuz they kept playing hard. Right. Like with the Raiders they just uh, they fucking tapped out. Uh You know and obviously like Der- I'm not saying Derek, I don't think he did. He kept playing hard. Yeah. But the other guys were like he might trade me, he might come in, he doesn't give a shit about me. He's talking about other players. I think that's going to be a balance. And you see this with GMs, even though Gruden is the GM and so is Kyle. But, like, Mayock is playing a front, like, he's going to be a front man. He's going to help John out. They're like, John, you don't want to talk to – I got it. And he can. Reggie couldn't.
2: Yeah. So you, uh, I, I'll follow up on that in a moment, John. But let's just tell the people about mybookie.ag, promo code HAM. The uh, The Super Bowl is a week away. So many great props. And it's the biggest game of the biggest game, the 53rd Super Bowl. Uh, big time teams don't be the ones sitting around rooting for this, watching this game with nothing to root for. My gives you something to root for, and right now when you use the promo code Ham, they give you a fifty percent deposit bonus. That means you put in a hundred bucks, they add fifty. You put in two hundred, they add a hundred. Uh, you put in ten, they put in five. That's what's happening at mybookie.ag promo code Ham. What are you seeing?
3: I I I just went uh actually looked for the Pro Bowl lines, but it's just all props for the Super Bowl. And the props are incredible. I, I just pulled up. Here's a here's a unique one team totals I used to love doing this in basketball love back when Kevin played for OKC I'd always their team total was usually like 105 106 and they, I always pounded the over I made a lot of money the team totals in this game guy individual team totals for the Patriots 29 and a half for the Rams 27 and a half I you know it's a tough one
2: you, what are you gonna watch a Super Bowl cheering for unders John that's no fun. Uh,
3: no chance. I, I, if anything, <laughs> I like the Patriots over twenty nine and a half. You don't think the Patriots are going to score over thirty points against this defense? Yeah, I think they will. With two weeks to two weeks to prepare. So again, you, you get all these props from Super Bowl MVP to the halftime. Uh, you know, length of the halftime performance to the length of the anthem. It's just a fun time to length kind of screw of around, anthem. pick a couple. Even if you're just putting 20, 30 bucks, you know, you don't even put a lot of money. Unlike the game, which you got to bet a little bit. Uh, mybookie.ag promo code ham.
2: So, are you, so it sounds like you're agreeing with the assessment, and I thought it was interesting. It's not about Mayock and players. He's talking about scouts. The, I do think stuff starts and then filters down. And so, uh, if he's near that, he's dealing with people that are picking the players. I think all that stuff can can filter in a good way. Now, as you've said for a few years, when we've talked, when we've been around this time of year, you don't really know who's staying or who's going in an organization from a scouting perspective until after the draft. So we'll see. But And
3: it doesn't matter because the players aren't really around these next couple months. Yeah. So it, uh, it, it doesn't really affect. When there's weird shit going on, to me it affects the season because the players, scouts, and coaches are together every day. So you just kind of feel it in the building. Where right now it's just the coaches and the staff. So even if it is kind of there's some tension, which Mayock said that there is tension and that's healthy. Like there should be tension when the, I got, We came in for a reason. This team has been one playoffs in 16 years. Like they need now. Again, people have been saying this forever. So words don't you know only go so far. Right now, all we have to talk about is the words. Yeah. We judge you like we talked said with Derek and with Jimmy. Like in September, you win or lose, how you play, and I they they get that. Uh, but I also think like for the Raiders. Guy, they have three first round. They got three picks in or four picks in the top thirty-five selections. It's arguably the biggest draft ever. You know, in in the history of the league. The reason you got here is because you traded two former top-five picks. One of them's borderline defensive MVP, and the other guy's a really, really good receiver. Like it's pretty crazy how you ended up at this point.
2: It's it's. Better than even. Not to keep going back to the Browns, but the Ray Farmer first draft was like, and it, like GMs would kill to have the ammunition that Ray Farmer had in that first draft. What did he have? Well, it was. I'm talking about the Gilbert. Was that his first or second draft? The the Gilbert and Johnny Manziel picks.
3: It was first.
2: Right. I mean that's well, you
3: for you forget like. He got Gilbert at nine, but he was at four. He traded from four to nine That's for Sammy right. Watkins and then Khalil fell to the Raiders.
2: That's the other interesting thing there, was like they like they wanted they really wanted to trade back to the second round to get Teddy. Well they wouldn't have. Right.
3: No, because he went Teddy. the last pick of the first round, right? Yeah.